Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess. Ah, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, Ring Central makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at ringcentral.com. Ring Central, simpler communications. This is the MD's Fantasy Football Show with Dan Mader. Giving you the X's and O's of all things fantasy. Welcome back in MD Nation to the show. We're back on a Tuesday morning. Streaming to you live on social media at Billy FMD FM Show. Subscribe to the MD's Fantasy Football Show YouTube channel so you never miss an episode. Download us on your favorite pod streaming app and fires up on your Fire TV and Android devices when you search for the MD's Fantasy Football Show on the Amazon Store app. As always, I'm your host, Dan Mater. Back again to give you guys the recap for the primetime games, the Sunday night and Monday night games. And then we have the week 17 waiver wire report. You heard me right. The championship week waiver wire report. We made it, MD Nation. We're here. And we're getting ready to kick things off. And it's been a long very bumpy ride, especially the playoffs. I mean, I mean, really think about this for a second. The season wasn't really that bad. We weren't having these COVID outbreaks until playoff time. When we thought we had pretty much nailed down our teams to make our runs with, that's when all hell has been breaking loose. 
If you've gotten to this point, it is because you are a very keen, astute, aware, energetic, committed fantasy football owner. And I like to think that we helped you out along the way, which is why you're listening to this show. But give yourself the biggest pat on the back just for getting here. Whether you win or lose this week, give yourself a pat on the back. Give yourself credit. Because to make it to this point, whew, nothing went as expected. There's no more Christian McCaffrey. There's no more Derrick Henry. Probably no more Dalvin Cook. All these top running backs that we took in the first round, nowhere to be found. Cooper Cup was a fifth-round wide receiver in 12-man leagues. Jonathan Taylor went in the first round, but that's about the only guy who kind of performed as expected. It's insane. This season. The navigating of all the COVID-19, all the late inactives from the past couple of weeks. If you got here, if you got here, here's what I have for you. Here's what I have for you. I mean, a round of applause, seriously, if you're able to get this far. For some reason, the, the button wouldn't hit there, so we'll, we'll skip that part of it. All right, so we're talking about the Sunday night game, and look, 56 to 14, huge win for Dallas. Dallas's defense was great. There's not much to take out of a game like this, though. The game script is so out of whack that you can't really pinpoint expected usage to see moving forward. The good news is Dak Prescott came through for you. If you if you trusted him one more time against Washington, which you should have, 330 yards, four touchdowns, no interceptions. Tremendous. If it wasn't for Joe Burrow, probably would have been the QB one of the week. Amari Cooper, the squeaky wheel got the grease. 11 targets, 7 receptions, 85 yards, and a touchdown. But frankly, he's still in my low-end wide receiver 2, wide receiver 3 book. Because more times than not, when it's not squeaky wheel getting the grease, C.D. Lamb is the number one receiver of this team. He only had 4 catches for 66 yards on 5 targets in a disappointing performance against Washington. Same thing can be said for Michael Gallup. Only had 2 catches for 53 yards on 5 targets. He's usually right in line with Amari Cooper, at least up until this week. It's just as likely Cooper falls back into that category, and it's CeeDee Lamb or Michael Gallup getting majority of the work. What is interesting to me, though, this is the second week in a row that Dalton Schultz, eight catches, eight yards, a touchdown on nine targets, has been more involved than one or two of the main three starting wide receivers of the Dallas Cowboys, making him part of a four-way player carousel in the passing game who could possibly get fed. And probably a top 12 tight end that you're going to have to play next week if he's been your guy anyway, regardless of whether they finally get Blake Jarwin back or not, but I don't necessarily expect that to happen. Ezekiel Elliott, two touchdowns. One receiving, one rushing, 37 yards on the ground. The Cowboys didn't even have the ball enough 
in the second half to melt the game away to get Zeke double-digit carries. Zeke had one of his best fantasy games in half a season. And he did it without even getting double-digit carries because he gets the two touchdowns. He only had one more carry to Tony Pollard. Nine to eight. 37 yards to 34 yards. Pollard just didn't score. So the touchdowns make it a little bit fluky for the really good performance Ezekiel Elliott just received. And with Tony Pollard back in the mix, I think you're going to start to see more of a split between these two heading into the NFL playoffs. And the Cowboys realize that, look, either you utilize both of them or Tony Pollard is going to have to start getting utilized more. Now, you're heading into the postseason. You want to use Ezekiel Elliott's power. But the touchdowns are what saved you here. Now, you're going to have to start Zeke next week. There's no question about that. But this wasn't a, oh, Zeke's back and Zeke's healthy performance. This was a, I got a couple of touchdowns at the right time early in the game against Washington. Not much else to take out of Dallas. You know who you're playing. You're going to play Cooper. You're going to play CeeDee Lamb. Probably going to play Dak. You're going to play Zeke. And then you question whether or not, as a flex play, a Tony Pollard or Michael Gallup. You're playing Dalton Schultz as a top 12 tight end. That's probably the only new development because I wasn't on that bandwagon necessarily until after this game. On Washington's side, it's hard to take anything out of this. Six carries for 29 yards, two receptions, 29 yards, and a receiving touchdown for Antonio Gibson. Who wants this game out of hand? They just pulled. Remember, he didn't practice all week long. There's no reason to just get him hurt for no reason. But Antonio Gibson, just somebody you can't trust right now, unless he's building it back on the practice field. Now, the good news is, is that, look, he was active for this game. He was able to get a touchdown. He looked okay at times. So in a game that maybe they don't get blown out like this where they're not down 42-7 to heading into halftime, maybe he gets utilized throughout the second half. But he's about to go on against the Philadelphia Eagles who are not an easy run defense themselves, especially when you don't have all your explosive ability. Jared Patterson was the guy. That's the interesting note I take out of this. If something were to happen to Antonio Gibson throughout the week or maybe if we find out he did have a setback, it was Jared Patterson well ahead of Jonathan Williams in this game. And we were wondering if there would be some sort of a committee between the two and which one it would lean towards. So that question, in a way, gets answered here. The passing game, I mean, forget about it. Terry McLaurin, six targets, three catches, 40 yards. That's the highlight of the passing game. Ron Rivera coming out and saying Taylor Heineke is going to start next week, but that Kyle Allen will most likely play. Again, I talked about this in yesterday's show, pulling up Matt Roll, pulling a Carolina Panther out of the good old Ron Rivera heading into next week, which just spells disaster for the entire offense which is why the only fantasy guy that you maybe want to play, Antonio Gibson, I don't even know, regardless of health, if you can trust to play him or not. Because this thing's going sour in a heartbeat. Terry McLaurin, I'm going to find a way to not have my lineup next week. I'm going to find a way. 
All right, so let's take a quick break. When we come back on the other side, I want to recap that Monday night game, and then we'll get into the waiver wire report right after that. So everybody stay tuned. The MD's Fantasy Football Show will be back right after this. MD Nation, we want to welcome in a new sponsor of the show called Props Fantasy from PropsFantasy.com. Props Fantasy is a website and app which allows users to import their season-long fantasy teams to challenge other season-long fantasy teams. Their crucial difference is that you can challenge other teams that you are not playing in your league that week or aren't even in your league or not even on the same platform. The idea behind Props Fantasy is to let casual season-long fantasy players use the teams they already have to engage in daily fantasy-type contests for winnings. Users can wager anything from $1 up to $1,000 on a head-to-head challenge. Props Fantasy even harmonizes the scoring. If you are in a PPR league and your opponent is not, Props Fantasy will default to a half-point PPR, or you can manually adjust it. They also handle things like standard lineup versus super flex. Their developers are fantasy football diehards and have thought of everything, including IDP. So if you think your season-long team is not just the best in your league, but the best in all leagues, this is your chance to find out and win money when you sign up for the Props Fantasy app today at PropsFantasy.com. So join in on the fun. You're listening to the MD's Fantasy Football Show. Welcome back in MD Nation to the show. You are listening and or watching the MD's Fantasy Football Show streaming to you live on social media at BillyFMDFF Show. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel so you never miss an episode. Download us on your favorite pod streaming app to catch us on your rides to and from work. And fire us up on your Fire TV and Android devices when you search for the MD's Fantasy Football Show on the Amazon App Store. As always, I'm your host, Dan Mater. We just recap the Sunday night game. Now let's get into that Monday night matchup. Unfortunately, just kind of like the Sunday night game, there's not a ton to take out here. Ian Book, clearly not the future of the franchise, safe to say. He got sacked eight times at two interceptions. One went for a pick six to kick off the festivities. We knew going into this, the Saints probably weren't going to be able to do too much offensively because they had to go down the Ian Book due to COVID situation at the quarterback position. But ooh, you're still playing Alvin Kamara because you had to. As long as he wasn't efficient, 13 carries, 52 yards. I'm just a little bit surprised he didn't run the ball more. Like, Ian Book shouldn't have had 20 pass attempts. I know you're trailing in this game, but your best and only offense was Alvin Kamara. Hell, I would have had Alvin Kamara running wildcat before I would have had Ian Book throwing the ball 20 times in this game. (laughs) But what are you going to do? Kamara, 52 yards on the ground, two catches, seven yards, four targets. That's the only guy you care about. Hopefully, Taysom Hill is back next week. If you're able to survive this catastrophe with Alvin Kamara, it'll give you some reason to hope. But if you got to go through another week of Ian Book, I mean, forget it. Kamara might wind up on my bench. Can't go through this again. So hopefully, Taysom Hill will get cleared from COVID protocols. I'll say this after this game. Even if Hill takes all the way to Saturday to clear the COVID protocols and not practice all week long, I guarantee you he'll still be the one who's out there. On the Dolphins' side of the ball, 
look, the Saints defense is good. So we weren't expecting big games from Tua Tagalavoa. We weren't expecting efficient days on the ground with no matter who was running the football. And Devontae Parker was matched up on Marshawn Lattimore, so we weren't expecting a big day out of him either. We were expecting zero catches, zero yards, maybe not quite that far for Devontae Parker. That was partly matchup, partly game script. But the guy we were expecting a good game out of, Jalen Waddell, came through. You could attack the slot corner of the New Orleans Saints pretty consistently, and we know that when Waddell's in the game, he is the de facto number one target of the Miami Dolphins, and it's not close. 12 targets in this game, 10 catches, 92 yards, a touchdown. He pretty much was the Dolphins' offense, which didn't really need to show up because the defense kind of took care of things for him. But he came through. The question I had about this game, because we're looking for value for championship weeks, was Duke Johnson had the big week the week before. What was the usage of this backfield going to be? Because we've seen running backs have major success And then the following week, either split and or have less carries than another running back. Well, that's kind of what happened here. But it wasn't Miles Gaskin who split the carries with Duke Johnson. It was Philip Lindsay. Both had 13 carries. Duke Johnson was three yards better than Philip Lindsay, 39 to 36. Miles Gaskin was the only running back who caught a pass. One catch, six yards on three targets. This is why you can't trust the Miami backfield. You can look at this one of two ways. Oh, well, Duke Johnson had 22 carries and he had 13, so definitely he's part of the game plan. Sure, but do you really care if you have to worry about Phil Lindsay getting just as many carries? Knowing that it could just as likely be Miles Gaskin leading the way next week because There's just no consistency with how the Dolphins have chosen to utilize their backfield. None. So I wasn't interested in the efficiency. I was interested in the usage. And the usage was, why? (laughs) Why do they have to use Philip Lindsay? Why is it not Miles Gaskin? What has Miles Gaskin done to be in the doghouse the way that he is? All legitimate questions, all leaving you with the same answer. There's no way a Dolphin running back is getting in my lineup come championship week. Not a chance. And everything else kind of speaks for itself. Mike Kosicki was disappointing in this game. I still think you have to consider him a top 12 tight end more times than not. But remember, you go in the next week, you're going to have a healthy Parker, a healthy Waddle. Typically, that severely can cap the ceiling of a Mike Kosicki because he has to thrive on the volume. And that volume is typically not there if the Dolphins have two or more of their starting receivers active. So I don't think you can go in that direction either. That's all we really need to wrap up for the Monday night game. So let's have one more break. When we come back to the other side, we'll have the waiver wire report and it will actually close down the show. It'll be another quick one. Like it, like it especially has been throughout the playoffs, but we'll be back with a little bit more right after this on the MD's fantasy football show. So stay tuned. It's the holiday season, and you don't know what to get as a gift or a stocking stuffer. Well, today's sponsor, Manscaped, has the tools to guarantee you win this year's stocking stuffer or white elephant competition. Manscaped is the leader in men's below-the-waist grooming, and they have served more than 4 million men worldwide. If my math is correct, that's almost 8 million balls. 
You'll get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com with the promo code BELLYUPFANTASY. Manscaped's best-selling product is the Performance Package 4.0, which is at the top of every man's wish list this year. Inside, you'll find their Lawnmower Body Trimmer, the best trimmer on the market for your balls, your butt, and your body, and the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer. Let's not forget the famous liquid formulations, the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, and Crop Reviver Ball Toner to maximize your ball hygiene routine. Get the performance package now to receive their two free gifts, the Manscaped Boxers and the Shed Travel Bag. The dads can't stop talking about this, the teens secretly buy this, and the women will love you for it. Get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com with the promo code BELLYUPFANTASY. Be the ballsiest gift giver this year with Manscaped. You're listening to the MD's Fantasy Football Show. Welcome back, MD Nation, to the show. You are listening and or watching the MD's Fantasy Football Show streaming to you live on social media at Show. Subscribe to our YouTube channel to catch every episode. Download us on your favorite pod streaming app on your car ride to and from work. And then make sure you fire us up on your Fire TV device and Android devices when you search the MD's Fantasy Football Show on the Amazon App Store. As always, I'm your host, Dan Mater. We just recapped the primetime matchups for Week 16. We can put it to bed. We're looking forward now to Week 17. We are looking forward to Championship Week. Now, hopefully, the majority of you here in MD Nation are not a part of those amateur hour leagues where it goes from week 17 and week 18. If you are, don't worry. While I make fun of you, we're still going to be there for you, which is the only reason I make fun of you. I wouldn't make fun of you guys if we weren't going to do shows for you. But since we do, I get to make fun of you. But I'll be back on Monday with my recap. I'll be back on Tuesday with the waiver wire report. And I think we're going to keep the same schedule to kind of get out of the way because it won't be a Thursday game anyway. And week 18, I mean, there'll just only be Sunday games. There won't be a Monday night game either. So I think we're going to just do a full week 18 preview like we would. And then we'll come back either Thursday night or Friday night with the MD's DFS contest and lock bets of the week. By the way, we'll have that episode, the MD's DFS contest and lock bets of the week. That will continue through the NFL playoffs. We'll be playing DFS football. We'll be trying to win you guys money. And so will the giveaway the championship football from championshipfootballs.com. That's all that will all continue all the way through the Super Bowl. So we're not going anywhere, but we'll be down to one episode a week once the conclusion of week 18 has happened. Just so you guys are aware. But let's get into the waiver wire report, which is what we're all looking for. So obviously, when you're taking into consideration that as a championship week, there's a lot of things that you would typically look for on a waiver wire that get thrown out the window. You know, lotto tickets, handcuffs that aren't definitely playing. Although, I will say this. Because we are dealing with so many COVID-19 late, you know, ads, and it's it's throughout the week. It's, it's from Monday all the way through Saturday that we're dealing with this. Because we're dealing with so many, you still have to keep your eye on the handcuffs. Because at any given moment, a starter might pop up and have to get put on the inactive list for that reason. But for the most part, if a guy's not injured heading into the week, you're not necessarily making sure you have a roster spot open for a handcuff. There's a couple things you want to do when you're approaching a waiver wire port for your championship week. 
Is there anything in your lineup that you need to improve upon? That's first and foremost. Whether it's a defensive kicker, special teams, like if you had an injury, whatever the case may be. Is there anything you need this week? If not, or after you get to you get that part addressed, then it becomes about okay, what does my opponent need? Can I do I have the flock the the roster flexibility to block my opponent from getting something they need for their starting lineup this week? Those are what you're playing at. So you might have good players on your bench that you actually wind up dropping because they're not going to help you out. And maybe they're not a player that your opponent can necessarily use against you because maybe it's a position of strength for them too when they're not going to bother to pick up the guy that you just dropped. So you could pick up somebody that maybe they would want or need. So you're playing full-on strategy. You're playing just as much defense as you are offense. My advice is take care of your own lineup first. Make sure your starting lineup is set and is the best version of the lineup that it possibly can be. And then look to block your opponent after that point. Because ultimately, you just want to be in position to score the most points. So that really, obviously, is going to narrow the list down far away from our report. Which, you know, that's fine. And it'll make this nice and quick for everybody. I got two quarterbacks for you. One, I was very surprised. He just dipped down below the 50% mark. So this is not going to be for everybody, but he is on average only on 48%. So he qualifies for the waiver wire report. That's Taysom Hill. Not overly surprising because of COVID-19. I get it. He had a bad week, week 15 too, although a lot of people did. But after what we saw, again, like I said, even if he doesn't practice, but he does clear COVID protocols, expect him to be out there. And with Taysom Hill, we know he runs. So if you need a quarterback, if your guy hasn't been playing trustworthy football over the past few weeks, or you've been streaming quarterbacks to this point anyway, Taysom Hill is going to be a guy that you need to go after. Same thing can be said for Tyler Huntley. I don't see Lamar Jackson coming back this week. I really don't. He hasn't been able to practice at all to this point. It's a high ankle sprain. It's typically a three- to four-week thing. This would be the third week since he's had the injury. So maybe he's getting closer. But there's a real chance he's not. Tyler Huntley, 13% owned. He is a streaming quarterback. He is a top-10 consideration heading into the week if he's, in fact, going to be the starter. So he needs to be on your radar. That's the only two quarterbacks I have for you this week that are definite go-after streaming options for week 17. The running back list, you know, as you imagine, is pretty skinny too, but we kick it off with Rashad Penny. This also surprised me, kind of like the Taysom Hill did thing, did too. 44% owned, that's it? For Rashad Penny? A lead running back who's had over 100-yard performance two of the last three weeks? That's shocking. So Rashad Penny at 44% owned, I mean, he's the top waiver wire ad, I would say if he's available in your league. Playing against Detroit this week in Seattle. Make sure you go get Rashad Penny at whatever cost you need. And then you have the Eagle backup running backs. We know Miles Sanders is going to be out. Jordan Howard is only 8% owned. People really hate Jordan Howard. Even though Jordan Howard's been good and his usage has been good, they still don't want to pick him up. Now, is he going to be involved in the passing game? No, that's going to go to Boston Scott. 
which is why Boston Scott, if you want to make the argument who has the higher floor, okay, I can make the argument that Scott maybe has the higher floor. But of the two, even in full-point PPR leagues, I still think I'd rather have Jordan Howard. He's got the better touchdown upside if he's going to be the starting running back. Now, he's going to be coming back from injury this week. But there seems to be a glowing expectation that he'll be back, not just back and active, but being the starter running back. Again, that means him and Boston Scott will both get work. But if he gets 15 carries or more against Washington, he's got a good chance for 100 yards and a touchdown. For Boston Scott, he'll have decent usage, but you're kind of hoping for a fluky touchdown or a situation where he has to get involved in the passing game. And with the Eagles, they don't necessarily throw the ball enough to sustain that for a running back anyway. Now, don't get me twisted. He's still a top 36 guy. And I'm still going after him. Especially with Jordan Howard not being completely healthy. But Jordan Howard's who I'd rather own. I do have an honorable mention at the running back position. Rex Burkhead. Now, obviously, 149 yards and two touchdowns last week. Great. Cool. David. <coughs> excuse me. David Johnson, once again, is going to be out. Back on the COVID-19 list this week. The reason Rex Burkhead's on my honorable mentions list and not actually in my waiver wire report as, as guys that I want you to go after is because he's playing against San Francisco 49ers, who since Fred Warner has returned, has been a top-five run defense. This is just to illustrate the point that because just because he blew up and he's looking at the possibility of having the same high-end usage for the second week in a row doesn't mean this is the same matchup. All right, okay. Now, should he have gone off like that against the Chargers? No, but the Chargers have been bad against running backs all season long. It's not the same case for the San Francisco 49ers. So I do not want to play a Rex Burkett. I would rather play a Jordan Howard, a Boston Scott, a Rashad Penny, everybody else I just listed off. So I do that to illustrate that I please do not go crazy trying to get a Rex Burkhead based on the performance that he had last week against the Los Angeles Chargers. Please understand that was a fluky one-and-done thing with or without David Johnson in the lineup. So he has to be mentioned because he's only 24% owned and because he had that big game and he could be looking at another 20 carries. But I just make that point to say, hey, don't make him your number one pickup either. I don't have any tight ends, so we'll finish this up with the wide receivers. Elijah Moore, 46% owned. So he's less than 50% owned now. So he hits this waiver wire port. He comes in that threshold. The expectation is he's going to be back for this week. Now, this is an aberration for me. I would typically not advise you to go after a wide receiver who has not played for a few weeks in your championship week. But if you're trying to find a wide receiver, I think you can go after an Elijah Moore. You can trust him. We all know the production that he was putting up before he got injured, but it's more than just that. We don't know if James Crowder is going to be back. They're playing against Tampa Bay next week. 
I think we all can understand the only way you can really move the ball against Tampa Bay is through the air. They need a receiver to make plays, to be that playmaker down the field. The only guy who has the ability to do that would be an Elijah Moore. So I think in a weird way, even though he hasn't played in a few weeks, you could pick up an Elijah Moore and use him as a potential home run threat wide receiver three type of player. I think he would lead the team in, in, in targets too his first week back. Are we going to know for sure? Not before the waivers hit initially, no, but it's a pickup worth making. KJ Osborne falls in that list too. Now, we don't know for sure that Adam Thielen would miss week 17, but after having a setback and not being able to make it through the entire game, I think it's safe to assume that's a real possibility. And it's, it changes, it's no different than when Adam Thielen was out. Osborne as a second receiver to Justin Jefferson, he's in a position to get seven-plus targets. He's in a position to get a big play. He's in a position to get a touchdown. He's only 29% owned. He's a legitimate mid-level wide receiver three. And they're playing against the Packers next week, which is a good matchup and a team which are going to have to score points. Last but not least is Josh Palmer. We know Mike Williams is out. We don't know about Jalen Guyton for sure yet. But even if Guyton's out there, like I said, Josh Palmer is the guy who takes over the Mike Williams role. Jalen Guyton does his own thing. He plays his own role, even when he's out there. Palmer is that second receiver to Keenan Allen who has the big body, who could be the red zone threat. So I like Josh Palmer as a nice floor wide receiver three heading into this game. He's only 7% out. So these are guys to keep your eyes out on going into your championship weeks. I think you can trust their usage or their matchup or their ability or a combination of the three. But as you can tell, yeah, it's a real short wave of wireless because we're not going to get crazy heading into week 17. That's going to do it for the show, guys. I hope you all enjoyed it. We'll be back, remember, tomorrow night at 9 p.m. with a two-hour or plus special show as we do a full week 17 matchup preview. Chris will give us, Chris Dow will join the show. We'll be giving our fantasy football expectations and our bets of the week. It's going to win you some money. We're going to win you some championships. Make sure you tune in because that's going to be the big show of the week. We'll be back on Thursday with the MD's DFS contest and lock bets of the week. Chaz Florida will join Chris and I then too. So everybody tune back in on social media at Show. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Download us on your favorite pod streaming app and search for the MD's Fantasy Football Show on the Amazon App Store to play us on Fire TV or Android devices everywhere. I'm your host, Dan Mater. I'll see you guys again tomorrow night. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.